The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and I'm excited because today is a pick show, but also because this episode is sponsored by Express. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express and their exclusive offer for our podcast listeners later in the show. Joining me now, the white and tan boys. RJ White, Kenny White, and Pete Prisco. What's happening, fellas? What's up? Week hey. seven. Is this season ripping through or what? It yeah. is. Flying by. I like it. Amazing how quickly things go when uh, you have to cancel some of the games and move them to later in the season. Yeah, well, we've got a uh, situation there that is worth at least monitoring if, hypothetically, you jam the Buccaneers minus three in the, in the first half Buccaneers line. That game could potentially be canceled. We'll get to that in a minute. Or is, it's already been moved. It's already been moved. Yeah. But that's because they – so they moved it to 4 p.m. on Sunday out of the to Sunday make sure, night game. To make sure they play the Sunday night game. Because they want to guarantee they have a Sunday night game. So Kyler and Russell Wilson will be on Sunday night. I, that's fun, too. Yeah, and I heard, too, for DraftKings purposes, they're going to keep Seattle, Arizona on the main slate, which is kind of cool because usually, you know, the game, the you know, the contests are right. over at 8 p.m., right. so now it'll like, continue to be. My contest yeah. is usually over about 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly by 3 p.m. Yeah. Um, all right, so last week, oh, oh, huh. best bets. Let's talk about them. Interesting turn of events this week. R.J. White, Kenny White. Congrats, boys. White hot, more like it. Both went six and one last week. I went six and two. Debo told me I went two and seven. Please. I was nuclear. 11 and Well, nobody knows what you went because you don't put your picks in until you babble them on here, and we're not sure if you're taking them as a best bet or not. There's no documentation of Will Brinson's picks, by the way. I want to tell the audience that. Everybody else, RJ, (laughs) Kenny, me, we send our picks in. There's a document. It says best bet, Pete's best bet, RJ's best bet, Kenny's best bet, and then it has Will Brinson, Brinson's best bet. It has nothing. It's it's just empty. How do you do that? You're telling on your show, oh, Sebastian Munoz, hold out for Eagle. Incredible. I got him first round leader. Let's go. Uh anyway. Um, Did you put that pick in or are you sure you put it in? You sure it's in? You sure you didn't push the you didn't push the wrong button? And then you he, got didn't somebody like, else. he didn't like it till after the eagle. Then he loved. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, I was down. He just he went double bogey uh, eagle. Anyway, uh, look, I know you're sort of telling yourself here because you don't that you don't pay attention to the podcast because I read all the picks at the end. I read every single one of your best bets and all of my best bets at the end, and that's how we know what they are. And then we put them in the document. And uh, did we hit the parlay last week? Probably not. We would have talked. We did. We did. Is that like four? Yeah, it was was Detroit minus three, uh, Pittsburgh minus three, and then uh, we had an over that didn't look like it was was the Falcons uh, Vikings over. Right. That looked like it was dead. Three times this year, three and seven, three and seven weeks that we, three and six six? weeks that that we've hit the parlay. That's pretty amazing. Three. Yeah. I hope uh, people, if you're riding that parlay, send us the receipts. We'd love to see it. By the way, I had a crappy week. I went three and three. Yeah. You went three and three. I went six and two. You are still still first. 23, yes. 12 and one. Fantastic record for Pete. Kenny, 17, 10 and one. Also fantastic. I'm 22, 15, 22 and 15. That's great. And RJ's 23 and 18 after a slow start. 
uh, well above 500. Nice work, RJ. Debo, when you send out the picks, you know, like lately on the pick six on Twitter, you've been sending out best bet or whatever. You just decide what the best bet is. Is that how you do that? Uh, send them all out like you did the first couple of weeks. So then we actually know what Brinson has. I get that. There is more intrigue and more people clicking on the recent ones. So that's why we're going that route. They want to see if you noticed for the first four weeks, your faces weren't on the graphics and they weren't performing as well. We plastered Pete's face on the graphic. What do you know? The link click skyrocketed. Hey, they went running for the high hills. Who are you kidding? Um, I just want to know what Brinson has on Sunday because I don't believe half the stuff he says. I'll tell you what I got. Okay. All right. So look, um, if you want, if you want to select one that's your top pick that gets featured, by all means, let us know. By the way, speaking of things that are top picks, I'm having a delicious, uh, Noda gorgeous pumpkin beer. That's right. It is Halloween time. It is fall. It is actually a reasonable time to drink pumpkin beer. The savages who start sampling it in August, you people are evil and demented. What's wrong with you? Beer is not supposed to have pumpkin flavor to it. It's delicious. It tastes like it's like a pumpkin puree. It's fantastic. (laughs) Anyway, let's get to (laughs) lovely. Let's get to the actual picks for this week, and we will start with uh, this game has a little feel to it. I don't know, man. It feels like there's something brewing here. Maybe an upset or something. Packers minus three and a half at the Texans. The over under is 57. And Pete, you've been riding the Packers all year long. They stumbled in week six, but you probably expect stumbled. They stunk in week six. What do you mean stumbled? They were absolutely absolutely awful in week six. And and you know what? They're going to bounce back in this game. But why? Because the Texans are so damn bad on defense. They can't rush the passer. They can't cover anybody. Uh, they're not a good football team right now. I think Green Bay, yeah, they stumbled. They, you know, 10 nothing and then the pick six and then Rodgers went in the jar. Uh, he started moping and crying and everything else, but that team hit him. This team won't hit him. He's going to sit back there and pick them apart. I'll take the Packers. It looks a little fishy. I agree, but I'll take the Packers and the over as two of my best bets this week. Houston's morale has to be down after almost beating Tennessee in overtime to get back into the AFC South mix, but didn't happen. They lost. They're probably out of it now. They just give up 600 yards in an overtime game. I think they're going to be dragging against an elite offense. I would lean to Green Bay also. It's only a lean because of Bakhtiari's health. We don't know if he's going to play, um, and that's a big loss for them. I think Houston, the one thing they can do on that terrible, terrible defense is rush the passer. So I think that could be a little bit of an issue for for Green Bay. And then Deshaun Watson can get through the back door a lot of the, on a lot of these teams. He's such a good quarterback. So just a lean for me. If it was three, I'd like it more, obviously, but three and a half, I'm going to stay, stay off it. Yeah. Romeo Cornell sure showed last week why he's not a, not a head coach in the NFL. He blew that football game for, for Houston. So I, I can't put my money on Cornell. Uh, Green Bay would be the only side I could play here. Uh, obviously going to be a nice bounce back. Looks like they went into Tampa, maybe a little overconfident, thought they were going to go in there and walk away with that one, especially if they got up 10 nothing. They get outscored, uh, 38 unanswered. Uh, still Green Bay. I've got them still one of the top teams in the NFC. And, uh, that would be who I'm leaning towards. The only thing I see is, you know, Houston still could put up points. We saw it last week. Um, I, I think they can put up points in this game against Green Bay's defense. Um, but I think there's just too much of the Packers here. So I'll, I'll lean to the Packers as well. So I initially thought, looked at this game and thought, and again, I'll, I'll say it again. I'll apologize again. The not taking the Steelers last week and not putting them. Did we put, was there, were they in the parlay? I like, yes, I can't put them in the parlay. Yeah. We, we put them in you and me together. That was the third one we found. Yeah. I mean, I was personally suggesting that the Browns could win that game and I didn't personally bet on the Steelers and that those things were mistakes and I need to own those. Those are mistakes. The Steelers, Steelers minus three against the Browns at home was the freest money that ever freed in NFL betting. That was so e- it was the easiest win ever. And it was pretty, I see two obvious. That was my concern. And this, I sort of started to feel the same way, but David Bakhtiari probably not going to play. I'm a little worried about that for the Packers offense. I just wonder if Deshaun Watson and the Texans offense might get something going against a questionable Packers secondary. I lean Houston here. I wouldn't take him. Uh, I think the over is probably the play as well. If I was going to make a best bet, I, I just, something seems stinky about this. And if the Packers lose this one when the lions won, ooh, it'd be spicy. Pete. Be now, would you stop with that? Please. 49ers at the Patriots Patriots minus two 
Over under 43 and a half, Kenny. Do you like, who do you like in the Jimmy Garoppolo bowl? I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I like San Francisco. I'm, it's again, I'm the New England Patriots, just too many injuries, not enough superstars. They're going to get better, obviously, because of Bill Belichick, but talent, even with all of the injuries for San Francisco, um, I have San Francisco a higher rated, uh, football team in this game. And I was very, very surprised. Uh, to see that uh, New England was a favorite here. Uh, I guess they're, they're still by name um, because they're the Patriots and they have Bill Belichick, but this is a below average, average football team. So give me, give me the 49ers plus the points. Far better defense. Yeah, New England needs to run the ball. They have less than 175 pass yards in four of their five games. The San Francisco defense ranks seventh in rush DVOA, eighth in yards per carry. They're also good in the red zone. So I think New England offense could have a little trouble here. The offense for San Francisco is trending up with Jimmy G healthy. That New England defense has been inconsistent. Um, so this feels like a close lower, lower scoring game to me. Um, in those, you gotta like Belichick. So, uh, so I, I don't, I don't love the number. So I'm going to tease San Francisco up to eight as part of my teaser this week. I expect a back and forth game. And remember, this is a revenge spot for Kyle Shanahan. This is the first time since, uh, 28 three that he's going to get to face Belichick and he wants to pull out all the stops here. So I, you know, I think the 49ers do and I don't mind them plus two, but teasing them up to eight and what I think is a low scoring game is the, the play for me. Yeah, I don't, I disagree. I think it's New England here. I, I think last week was a bad situation for them. They just played poorly. They had to deal with all the COVID, the rescheduling, this, that. I thought Belichick would handle it better and they were bad on offense. And, uh, I think the 49ers, you know, they, look, they played good against a division foe the other night, did a really good job against the Rams, but two weeks ago, the Miami Dolphins and benched Ryan Fitzpatrick lit them up. I think Cam Newton's going to play well here. I think they're going to slow down that offense. Uh, I, I really like the Patriots here. Uh, so I'll take the Patriots. Uh, is that, that the Patriots are one of your best bets or you're they, just, yes, I know they are. Okay. They're not on the. Oh, they're not on the list. That's right. But yeah, I was going to put them on. I don't, don't put them on, but I do like them a lot. Yeah. Interesting from the man who accused me of sort of. Oh, I know what my best bets are. You, you, best you just, you just, just confused me for a second by thinking I had it. Go ahead and I tell us which of us you're copying off of now, Brinson. Go ahead and tell us who you like. Oh, I, I got the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm sure got, he'll like whatever one of you guys like because he's copying everybody this week. I got the 49ers in a big money line parlay that I already put in with another team. I'll just say no. I got the 49ers, Lions, and the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors in a money line parlay. Little double day action. Now, it's totally ruined if Hawaii loses on Saturday. I'll be really mad about it, but I'll probably just bet the 49ers again. Who's Hawaii playing, by the way? Uh, I'm not, uh, Fresno, maybe? Fresno State, yeah. Yeah, He doesn't even know. He He doesn't even know. They're going to win, Pete. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead and take the money line parlay. Boy, John Graham. Yeah. Um, Coming off of Fornelli's paper there. Yeah, I like, uh, I like the 49ers to win here. And I think, you know, you know who it's secretly like a, I don't know about revenge game for, but I don't think it's being talked about enough. The, the Patriots passed on Debo Samuel to take in kill Harry. Debo Samuel is a perfect Patriots player. He does everything you would want out of a player that you would put in a Josh McDaniels offense. And they took in kill Harry, who's like a slow red zone weapon from a bum ass school in the desert. You could have had Debo Samuel and you took in kill Harry. Why would you do that? Give me the 49ers, Debo and Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe even in the Millie maker, big game, uh, for them. Buccaneers minus three and a half at the Raiders over under 52. Uh, again, this game, not definite to be played, Kenny, but if it is, who do you like? Yeah, I love Tampa. Uh, even coming off a win, uh, like the Green Bay game. I mean, mo- most times it seems like in the NFL, these teams have a great game like that. They just can't, uh, step up to the same level, but you know, I'm starting to even question a little bit now. Was it Belichick or was it Brady? And I'm starting to read more articles on teams that are not focused, not ready to go, or maybe a little too overconfident. Tom Brady's the head of the team, the quarterback, and and the Patriots saw that. The players saw his leadership. They saw that this guy hated to lose, his work ethic, his preparation, and everybody on Tampa is buying into that. They're they're learning how to play football. They're learning how to prepare. They're learning how to be ready, and uh, the, the talent here is there's not, it's not even close. I mean, the Raiders have looked good in a couple games, but I, I think it's a coaching mismatch. It's a talent mismatch. Tampa's defense right now, number one in the NFL, allowing just 5.4 yards of play. Uh, I, I think they come ready, focused, and they have their way with the Raiders if this game actually is played. The Raiders are going to have some problems on the offensive line. 
I leaned to Tampa too. Um, I gave it out on sports line at two and a half, so I don't want to really play it at three and a half. So it's just a lean for me. Um, you know, we, we said, uh, Brady or Belichick. It's really Brady or uh, McDaniels. You know, it's who, who's in charge of that offense. Cause that's where Brady plays. And we kind of already answered that with McDaniels first coaching stint. So I think we kind of already knew it was Brady that made the team. Um, but yeah, Vegas coming out of their buys, feeling good about that Kansas City win. I think it's going to be a flat spot even without dealing with the COVID stuff. So, um, I, I yeah, I like Tampa too. Um, the defenses couldn't be any more different here, and that's going to be the difference in the game. I like Tampa, too. You saw what that pass rush and that blitz did to Aaron Rodgers. We know what happens when Derek Carr gets hit in the mouth. He starts going the other way. So uh, I think Tampa's the play here. Uh, I do think their defense is getting better, particularly the back end. We're seeing those guys. And I said all along, if that back end got good, they were going to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and they're getting really good in the back end. So I'll, I'll take the uh, the Bucks as well. And, and by the way, the Raiders are uh, – 0 and 3 coming off to buy the last, uh, against the spread Ooh. last three weeks, last three it's years. That. And, and look, uh, when we talk about this, I mean, I, I have the Bucks as the best bet. I already put the Bucks in at a, a big number or I mean, like a, I put a, a double, two unit play on the Buccaneers and the Buccaneers first half, but I'm a little wary of putting it in our parlay because I think it'll probably, I think the game is probably going to be canceled. And if it comes back on, it's off the board right now because it sounds like every single Raiders starting offensive lineman will be on the COVID list. If this game is played, and, or if it comes back on, what what do we think the number is going to be, RJ? I think three probably. Um, I think nope. saw it come, come back on at three and three and a half at some places. It's already started to come back on. They just reacted to the moving of it. Um, but I think, you know, you think it's going to get canceled. I'm not sure it is. These guys are going to have to to pass their test, but they're not on because they have COVID. They're on because in proximity. You know, it's not. So Trent Brown. Trent Brown tested positive, right? Um, I don't think even that was, was okay. confirmed. I think that he was, he had pro- close proximity to somebody and he got put on. So right now they're in a wait and see mode with everybody on. If people start testing positive by Sunday, they'll cancel it. But does moving the game uh, impact it either way as a line guy, Kenny or RJ? Do you guys, does it impact it in the movement because it's not in prime time? Yeah, not, uh, not to me. Now that doesn't, doesn't matter. It's not going to affect the, the line of the game and, and how people bet it. But, uh, uh, it, it may take less less volume now if it's the primetime game. Obviously, the more volume it gets, the more general public money you get. Uh, in those situations, you get a better number for the underdog usually. So in this one, that number just may not move. It, it only affects the line of Kirk. Cousins is playing in prime time. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Kenny, but um, because this game is now it's still scheduled to be played on the same day, all the people that bet it when it was in prime time, those tickets still count, right? Those still count. Correct. Yes. Long if it's, it's moved to a different you know, day, there are there are several books that have different uh, verbiage on their house rules. Some it's 24 hours. The game must be played in with in 24 hours of when it was scheduled. Some 48 hours, and the circa the circa sportsbooks, who's the, who's the new one in town. Seven days they give you that the game must be played. Circa, so. I mean, like, I, I, from afar, the, the reputation of Circa has been fantastic. Like, they've done a really good job of being upfront, keeping steady lines, letting do, do people bet, even sharps bet, like, whatever limits they want. I mean, or, you know, to a certain degree, right? They, I mean, they, they seem to have, yeah, they have yeah. a very good reputation. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's put this in the parlay. Let's cap it at, uh, five. Would we take, would you, would you take the Buccaneers at minus five still? Let's take them at three and a half. Okay, I know, I'm just, but I, okay. If it's five when when it comes back up, I don't want people to. I want to. I want to. I want people to know. It's not going to go to five. I don't think. Okay. Well, then we're taking it three and a half. We think. Yep. Okay, we're taking it three and a half. That's the first game in the parlay. Moving along to the next game, which is the Monday Night Football game. My Bears against the Rams in L.A. Rams minus six over under forty five. Kenny, what do you think? Yeah, you know, the Bears have done everything they need to do to win football games. So Matt Nagy's showing he, he can get the job done. They're four and two ATS this year, along with being five and one straight up. Uh, they just continue, I think, to, to gain that momentum. They've only lost the turnover battle one time this year. Uh, the Rams have, they've been impressive for me. I, I've upgraded their power rating. I still think they're going to, they're having a nice season. Uh, coming off a, a, a loss that, you know, they put everything into that San Francisco game. Could lead to a little bit of a letdown going into this one. I've got them rated very close power rating-wise. So I was very shocked to see the number as high as six. I, th- I think Chicago is going to be able to – their defense is the better defense. So I-, I love taking the better defense with points. They're barely better, not a lot, but they are the better defense. 
I would lean that way too. I almost made Chicago a best bet, but I would rather take the under 45 as my best bet in this game. I don't trust the Chicago offense. Their D has kept them in games, like you were saying. Uh, the Rams offense struggled in two of their last three. The Rams defense is also playing well, so I expect a lower scoring game. Both these teams enter this game with a three game streak of final scores of at least 40 or less in, uh, in, in their games. You know, they don't, they haven't played a game that's been more than 40 points over the last three, three games on each side. So, I think that's what we're going to see here. We're going to get a game in the 30s, maybe, you know, creep over 40, but it's not going to get to 45. I lean to the Rams. Uh, didn't make it a best bet, but the reason I lean to the Rams, that's a, the division game last Sunday night, it's tough to gauge those games, and everybody's going to read. I think this number is reflective, not even reflective of that, but I think that the Bears being on the road second straight week, they averaged 5.1 per pass play last week. 5.1. You can't win that way. Uh, I think Nick Foles is average as they come. I think Goff has a big day, even though the Bears defense has played well. Uh, I'll take, I'll take the Rams and lay the points. This is the start of the Bears five game stretch where they probably would be lucky to go one and four in it. Ooh, we got a new Bears hater in town. Uh, look, I'll be perfectly honest between my triple troll of the Bears in which I was like fading them every week and now I'm taking them every week. I actually have no read on the Bears or like what the line should be or what you should bet on. Uh, I'm just blindly taking the Bears to win and to cover until they, until they end up losing four straight games. And then I'm going to cackle the whole way. Uh, I'm not going to bet on it personally. Um, I think the under is probably a play here. I got nothing on the side. I, just I would, I would like the under as well, by the way, but, uh, yeah, I'm in agreement with the under. Well, let's take, let's add the under to the parlay then. Throw yeah. it in. All right. Throw the under in Bears. This, you can just picture the lack of passing on this one. Seahawks at the Cardinals. This game was moved to Sunday night, so it is now in prime time. Seahawks minus three and a half at Arizona coming off a big win. Uh, this actually helps the Cardinals because they have a little bit more time to prepare. Over under 56, Pete. Yeah, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I, I really do. I think both defense, even though we saw a little glimpses of good play last week against the Dallas from the Arizona defense, they still have issues. Um, you know, no Chandler Jones is an issue when you play Russell Wilson. I think they're going to go after him. Um, when you go after him, you got to have great play on the back end. I think they're still suspect back there, even though Baker and Murphy and that gang played good the other night. And on the other side, I think Seattle's defense is putrid. I think it's awful. They, they don't do a lot of things well, uh, and that's a problem when you play Kyler Murray. They put up, what, 38 points the other night against Dallas? And then, granted, Dallas stinks on defense. He didn't even play that well. Uh, I think he plays well here. I think the Cardinals win the game, and I think it's going way over that total. Yeah, uh, Seattle defense stinks, yeah, but they're actually pretty solid against the run, and that's what the Arizona offense has leaned on. They're 18th in pass DVOA, second in rush DVOA. They, they attempt more runs. I think they rank seventh in, in run attempts. But that counts Murray's running, too. That does account Murray's running, and that's something Seattle's going to have to defend. Um, but Seattle's D's top 10 in rush DVOA and large yards per rush, you know, so if they're going to shut a team down and actually have a good defensive day, it's going to be against a good running team. Um, Arizona's D has, has been good, but they're not really tested yet. You know, you mentioned that they, they've been playing well. Um, their wins were against Jimmy G in week one. That was a game they were super prepared for, you know, beat a team that they had been really close to last year. And then their other three wins came against Dwayne Haskins, Joe Flacco, and Andy Dalton. Congrats, guys. You know, you did a great job stopping those quarterbacks. <laughs> um, Seattle has a big rest advantage here, so people might want to play them because of that. Arizona played Monday night. Seattle, you know, has been on the bye. But teams in that spot are 0-7 against the spread since 2017. So wow. if you're just playing a trend, you know, you would actually want to take Arizona here. My lean is to Seattle at 3.5. I don't – I'm not going to take Seattle, but when it gets to 3, you know, I would bang them because I, I think that that Seattle offense is going to go off on the card. Cardinals defense, and I think they'll get just enough stops to to, to uh, cover the number. They've played a lot of close games, even when the Cardinals weren't good, though. There's a weird dynamic in this this matchup between these two teams. It's just weird. I like Arizona. You know, I've been talking up their defense. Uh, they've allowed 20 or less, and uh, four of their six opponents, the two games they lost, obviously, those were their uh, bad efforts uh, against Detroit and Carolina. Um, I, I, I have... I think they have a talented defense and the one bad injury Chandler Jones being out. If there's a section of their defense that they could afford a big name injury would be at the linebacker spot because they have so many talented linebackers, Jordan Hicks and Campbell and uh, Reddick. They got, they got some really talented linebackers. So, um, you know, the, the Dallas, I had a big play on Arizona against Dallas, easy winner, love to have those type of games. Um, but I was very unimpressed with Arizona early in that football game. And like Pete said, Kyler Murray didn't even play well. Uh, he didn't play well until Dallas turned the football over. That game could have been easily a three to nothing game or three to three at halftime if Dallas doesn't turn the football over. But two turnovers in a row by Zeke, 
Uh, and Arizona got good field position. They punched two touchdowns in. And then all of a sudden, Kyler Murray started to get confidence once his team was winning. So it was a kind of a different guy with the lead. Um, if he falls behind here, you know, Russell Wilson's a hard guy to bet against. He just continues to win football games. So that scares me. But defensively, um, I've got a seven and a half point advantage for Arizona on defense. Oh. Um, and I've got oh. about an eight point advantage on offense for Seattle over Arizona. So these two teams I got rated very evenly. Um, but I'll take the points with Arizona because of the defense. Yeah. I don't mind the over here either. I would lean towards the Cardinals if I was taking something. Uh, I, the start to that game, I agree with you, Kenny. That was concerning, but man, we told Dave and Ryan on that pregame show on, on HQ, like, what do y'all, why are y'all taking that? I went on an epic Cowboys rant and it was spot on like the Cowboys suck and the Cardinals are substantially better um you're not going to overpower Seattle like this but I do think they'll be able to move the football with their weapons against the Seattle secondary I think Seattle can answer I I actually wouldn't be shocked if this turned out to be like a Chris Carson breakout game and nobody else really did a whole lot I, I don't know that I, I can see that happening but I I, I, I mean the Vikings move the ball up and down the field on the on the Seahawks everyone can play and, and they're not good Right. Yeah, but they only averaged 4.1 yards a play. So, uh, that's, you know, that was, Dal- that's Andy Dalton. And, you know, that 38 points is deceiving, uh, as well because, you know, they're trying to run the clock out and Kenyon, uh, Drake runs 69 yards for a touchdown. You know, that's the play that never, never, re- very rarely ever happens in the NFL. Fair. Um, all right. Cow, oh God. I thought- Cowboys, I'm allowed to say that, are a pick them at the Washington football team over <laughs> under 46. Pete, who do you like here? I like the Washington football team to win the game outright and dominate on defense. I think that Cowboy offensive line is awful, and now they're down another guy. So, you know, they're, they're really banged up, and they're bad. Uh, that's what's going to be the difference in this game. I, I think that defense is going to turn them over. They're going to make a lot of mistakes, uh, make them make a lot of mistakes. I love the Washington football team in this spot. They win the game outright, and uh, I don't think Dallas looks good at all. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know how to have confidence in this game. I don't like either of these teams. That O-line is going to be a major issue, like you said, but Andy Dalton can't handle the pressure. I mean, Washington could probably do enough against a bad Dallas defense to get the win, so, yeah, I don't mind that play, but I'm just staying away from it. My lean would be to Washington, but I don't want it. Hey, this is a this is a battle for like first place in this division. You come on, one team's got two wins, the other team's got one team. Washington wins; they have as many wins as the Cowboys have. So it, it is a battle for the division. Um, I don't like either offense. Uh, under is the play for me. I think it's going to be a very conservative game. I think it'll be a closely played game. So uh, looking at Washington's offense. Uh, the last five weeks, 15 points, 20 points, 17 points, 10 points, 19 points. Dallas' defense actually came together last week until the two turnovers by Zeke, um, where they had had a nice defensive game. And again, that late touchdown, uh, gets you 48 points. If you don't get that touchdown, it's 41. And I think that's where that game should end it up. So I'm, I'm under with Dallas and Washington in a, in a battle for first place in the East. Uh, I think I'm going to talk myself into playing Kyle Allen and Terry McLaurin in the DraftKings Millie Maker contest. That's how bad Dallas's defense is. I love Washington here. If the, like Andy Dalton could have Randy Boss, Terrell Owens and, uh, and Jerry Rice out there at wide receiver. And he's got Michael Gallup, CD Lamb and Amari Cooper. It's a really good trio. It's not three Hall of Famers, but it's a really good trio. It doesn't matter. As soon as you take away his offensive line, he crumbles and against a good defensive line like the Washington football team has, it's going to be a problem. Dallas ain't going to run the football. They're going to have to try and pass, but he's going to be pressured all game long. Washington will like create a couple of turnovers, punch a couple scores in and be able to lean on the run game. And, and maybe Antonio Gibson has a big day as well. I think Washington, I don't think they roll in this because they won't score 30 points. But I think they win pretty easily. Browns minus three at Bengals. The over-under is 50-and-a-half, Pete. Look, I know I'm on the other side from guys on this one. I I, I think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, I think the Browns will win the game, but I just think the Bengals will hang around. Uh, I think Joe Burrow will be able to have some throws down the field against the Bengals. I, I'll take – I mean, against the Browns, I'll take the Bengals with the points. I don't love it, I'll take a, uh, but I will take them. I think the Browns win by a point or two. 
My best bet's the Browns, but Cincinnati barely covered in that first meeting thanks to a meaningless touchdown at the end. You know, they, they lost by five because of that touchdown, but they actually got their butts beat in that game. Cleveland ran for 415 yards in that win. You don't need Baker Mayfield to dominate this defense if you can run for 215 yards. So Cleveland stock is lower than it should be due to those ugly road losses. Um, Baltimore and Pittsburgh now this season. And, um, you know, I think they're actually a pretty good team with a good coach. Burroughs flashed overall, but that since the offense doesn't look good, 31st in adjusted sack rate. That's a problem when you got to face, um, you know, Miles Garrett in this front. So getting Cleveland at only three is a value to me after their awful game. I think it should be at least four. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. The only game this year Cleveland has out yarded their opponent in yards per play was the Cincinnati Bengals. And they out yarded them 3.5 yards per play in that game. Uh, everybody else has out, out gained the, the Browns. So that scares me. I'm on the Browns in this one too, but I'm also worried about Baker Mayfield. I was told, uh, out of Cleveland last week, he did not practice at all the entire week. Uh, he should not have ever played. He begged his way into the starting lineup. The wide receivers begged the head coach to let him play. They let him play. He was horrible. He wasn't ready. Uh, he's got a rib injury and those are painful. So I'm not sure where he's at this week. If he's, if he's anywhere near 80 or 90%, uh, the Browns should win the football game though. Yeah. And I think the thing with Baker, like, and you're right, he should not have played in that game. He, that, that was the best pass rush in football, the best run defense in football. And you just got to take your L and play Case Keenum and see if you can cobble something together. You can't risk Baker Mayfield's health in that spot. I know he hadn't been very good, but he's still your franchise quarterback, your former number one overall pick. This is a totally different ballgame. The Bengals stink against the run. The Bengals stink on defense. I would bet that an ideal Kevin Stefanski game plan here is Baker Mayfield throws 18 times. Like an old-fashioned Kirk Cousins, one or two shots down the field, a couple of third-down plays, but mostly it is a heavy dose of Kareem Hunt. And then, once you get to about 22 carries, a heavy dose of Dearness Johnson. Now, that won't preclude the Bengals from coming back through the back door because that's what Joe Burrow likes to do, and they're good against the spread. But I'm going to take the Browns because like, if this were five or six, I'd take the Bengals and think that they could come in and, and steal it. But at three, I think Cleveland will, I think Cleveland will cover this, and they will run the ball a ton minimize what sense he can do on offense by just eating up clock. And I would normally like this to go over because these two teams score a lot, but because they're going to run the ball a ton, I will take the under. Kenny, I got a quick question for you before we move on. Let's say Baker Mayfield's ruled out in this game in case Keenum's a quarterback. What do you make the number then? Uh, I have, um, I've only got a one point drop off. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm, I, don't, I don't think the line's going to move much. I, I say the line maybe goes down to uh, uh, one, Cleveland one. See, I, I think you leave it at three. I don't think you need the quarterback to win this. I think yeah. it's all run, run game and defense here. Yeah, no, I agree. And I agree. That's what I think the game plan should be. Will it be, though? I mean, we, we usually write in the way it should go, but sometimes these NFL coaches don't respond to that. Uh, if, if Cincinnati makes a couple plays early and goes up and there's a turnover by Cleveland, the game plan's out the window and then, the, then they're going to need to throw it. That's true. Getting a call, guys. All right. Go. Hey, Kenny. Thanks, thanks buddy. Me. We'll talk to you soon. Kenny's going to bounce out of here as we continue on. By the way, you know what, Pete, you, I, I see you, Pete. I, you know, we do this on video. You can watch us on youtube.com slash pick six. And, uh, Pete, you exude confidence. You do. You just, it just oozes out of you. You can tell you're a confident guy. And you know what? Sometimes, of course I am. Of course you are. It's sometimes it's look, you, you know, you look they good. Wrote, Carly Simon wrote, you're so vain about me. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you look good. You, uh, you feel good. You pod good. That's how, that's how it works. And that's why. In these times when you're spending all this time at home and you're trying to look comfortable but casual but nice, you need a great set of clothes to wear. There's no denying what a nice outfit can do for your confidence. That's why I put on express clothing and know I'm going to have a good day. I can get compliments while feeling comfortable. I'm laughing because my wife is now standing at the stairs staring at me. Um, she said, leave that poor old man alone. Um, she said, so she she said she said, you look bad no matter what you're wearing. That's what she said. <laughs> <didn't say> that. <laughs> there are some days where we do this podcast at 9 a.m. And there's some days where we do this podcast at 2 a.m. And we're on video every single time. So I need that all day comfort. And that's what I get from Express. Feels like I'm wearing sweats, but no one that sees me on CBS Sports HQ or the YouTube channel has any idea. When I go out in Raleigh, they don't know that I'm wearing, I'm not wearing sweatpants, but I feel like I'm wearing them and I'm casual and comfortable. So check out what Express has to offer and you can do so. You get a special discount here. Text the word football to 397 
seven three seven the word football to three nine seven seven three seven and you'll get twenty five dollars off a fifty dollar purchase that is a fifty percent discount just by texting the word football to three nine seven seven three seven yes he walked into the party <laughs> like he was walking to um, I heard, I heard my office door open as I was starting the ad read. And then I heard AK like not come up the stairs. I think she was like waiting to listen to see. She's like, what does he do for a living? What does uh, he do? Oh, uh, he's <laughs> in his office a whole lot. All right. Uh, Steelers at Titans, Titans minus one over under 50 and a half. I love the Steelers. Love them. I think they're the most complete team in the league right now. They're of all the good teams are the one that can play on both sides of the ball. The Titans are really good on offense. The Titans defense isn't very good. Uh, they don't have Taylor Lewan. I know yesterday, Rich, you were giving me crap. I was saying, okay, you were saying Devin Bush isn't there. I get it. Well, Taylor Lewan's not there either. When the Taylor Lewan's not there, they're an entirely different offense. They allow pressures 34% of the time compared to 27%. Uh, when he's on. So Pittsburgh leads the league in pressures per game. I think they get after Tannehill. They're going to choke off the run. Tannehill's not going to play the normal game that he's been playing. And I think the Steelers are going to score points. I do think the Titans will score because they'll have a couple runs by Henry, big runs, and then he'll hit a couple shots. High scoring game. Love the over, but really love the Steelers. I really love the Steelers too. I made a big move across zero Wednesday, not on the basis of any injury news because we knew the Bush news. We knew the lawn news. So I don't, I don't know why the market is moving so heavily to the Titans because the Steelers, I think are a much more complete team. I think as people are just buying into the Titans, I mean, they look great last week. This is their toughest opponent by far. And they're coming off an overtime game where they had 600 yards of offense after just playing a Tuesday game. So maybe they're a little gas for this matchup. Maybe, you know, it's, it starts to catch up to them at some point. But that Pittsburgh defense is second in DVOA, third in points per drive, second in yards per rush. So they could slow Derrick Henry down. It's not like he's been a monster every single game this year. I think Pete was taking heat because he said that he hadn't had a good yards per carry number, even with that stiff arm. You know, he was like, oh, yeah, statistically still not good. And then he has a really good game and everybody wants to come after Pete. It's like, that is change the stats he still wasn't having a good year so uh yeah Luan's out Tannehill's pressure rate goes up like Pete said um so while that Pittsburgh defense against Tennessee offense is a great matchup I think the uh, Pittsburgh offense versus Tennessee defense is a big mismatch because that Tennessee defense isn't playing well they need to create turnovers to to uh, have an impact but that Pittsburgh offense has the second lowest turnover rate in the league so if we get the Steelers team we've been seeing I think they win this game pretty easily hmm hmm so when these guys were scheduled to play in week four, I loved the Steelers. It was like Steelers minus two, and I put a big bet on the Steelers, and it got canceled. And now I've kind of changed my mind, and I want to go with the Titans, but I'm not. Sh- I, I, I'm on the Titans for our picks. Uh, but if you guys want to include the Steelers in the be- in the best bet, no. If you're on the Titans, you don't 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 put that in there. If you're on I was the on the Browns last week, it worked out fine. No, 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 no. no. We'll okay. find another game. All right. I like the over in this one. I think I do like the over in this one. I think, and RJ was right and you hinted at it. You didn't definitely say because you didn't know that there was an overcorrect. There was a week coming where unders were going to hit. And so now the lines have been brought down a little bit and this over under got down to 50 and a half. I just think that the Titans are going to be involved in overs because they can score either on the ground with explosive plays from Henry at times as they did last week. They can pass. A.J. Brown is a big play waiting to happen, and they can't play defense. They can't slow anybody down, and the Steelers are willing to kind of get into a shootout, I think. And so I think we could see a ton of scoring here. I really do – I know the Devin Bush thing didn't have a huge line swing, and I've, I've, repeat, I've said this a bunch of times, but I think it's really important. I want to see what the what impact Devin Bush's absence has because when Ryan Shazier got hurt, it caused him to fall off a cliff. So I, I'm, I'm just at least curious to know what happens – and maybe, maybe, maybe it's not as big a difference, but I just, I just want to see what happens when Devin Bush is gone. But I like the over in the spot. RJ, you like the over? Uh, yeah, sure. sure. Everyone has. You don't have to force the over if you don't like it. Yeah, whatever. I mean, do you like it or not? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. So over in the party. Yep. All right. And last game with Pete Jaguars at the Chargers. Ooh. Chargers minus seven and a half. Over. The Jaguars, are, the Jaguars are thankful that the Jets are around because they're the second worst <laughs> team in the league. Uh, but they might be worse by the time the season ends. They stink. They're bad. They can't play defense. Now Avery Jones, who's their only guy who can play the run, is gone uh, as well. They're banged up on all across the board. 
Minshew can't do anything. I think he's the most overhyped quarterback in the league. Um, everybody loves his mustache and his long hair. He can't read, uh, he can't throw to open, he only throws to open receivers. You hear his receivers starting to complain about him. The Jaguars traditionally have had all kinds of problems on the West Coast, even when they were good. Their history says the West Coast has been bad to them. I think Herbert lights them up. I think he scores a ton. I think Minshew will get some garbage time like he always does to get the over. But And he didn't get it last week, but I think he gets the over here. But I love the Chargers in this spot minus the points. I love the Chargers and the overs, two of my best bets. Yeah, Jacksonville has the worst pass D in the league, and it isn't close by DVOA, which is saying something this year because we say the Cowboys are the worst you know, defense in the league. The, the Seahawks are the worst defense in the league. Well, the Jaguars are the ones that, have, that are like way in, in last place. That's pretty awful. The Chargers pass offense is seventh in DVOA. Her- Herbert's made a big difference there, even though he doesn't have a win yet. He should have a field day. Um, but Chargers typically botch these home covers, so I don't really want to lay seven and a half with them. I just never feel comfortable about doing that with the Chargers. Uh, Chargers are 8-17-1 against the spread at home in L.A. While Minshew four and one against the spread as a touchdown underdog. So I'm not super comfortable in the Chargers. I would lean that way, but I'm throwing him in, in the, my teaser. That's the second leg of my teaser. So my teaser is going to be Chargers minus one and a half and 49ers plus eight. I think the Chargers are a slam dunk here. The Jaguars, if there's one thing, like the Chargers are one and four, they shouldn't be minus seven. If the chat, if the, but if the Chargers were four and one, and they've been really close in some of these games, like they could have easily have won several of uh, Justin Herbert's starts. If they're four and one, this line's like 13. And they could have won the last two against two good teams on the road against the Bucks and the Saints. Yeah. And they had the Chiefs on the roads too. Like they could easily be four and one with three of the best wins. Like, or I guess that'd be, yeah, four and one with three of the best wins of anybody in the year. And if that's the case, then all of a sudden you're talking about like, I mean, you know, this Chargers team, a Super Bowl threat and all that. And they're 13 point favorite here. Some, something crazy. The Jaguars conversely. They got my boy Steven Houske out there shorting like 38-yard field goals. They can't score. They're terrible in the red zone. The play calling is a mess. Lambo's back. Lamb- revenge game. Lambo's back. Revenge game for the kicker. Yeah. If they, <laughs> if they, if they kick, if they if he kick six field goals and they cover, I'll take that out. They're not going to – I'm telling you, this is going to be ugly. I'm with you. The Chargers are going to steamroll them. Yep. And they're going to get up, and Minshew won't be able to do anything, and they're going to run the ball a ton. You might see it. You might see a change of the head coach if they gets ugly. Um, I think I've, you know, and you also might see a change coming at quarterback. I don't know how soon, but they like the Luton kid, and he's got a big arm. Well, you put a big arm. Isn't he a rookie? Yeah. You put a big arm rookie in there, and I will happily keep taking the Chargers minus seven and a half. Like if they, yeah, no, he's not going to do it this week, but Minshew's going to play this week. Are we going to get four head coaches fired before Adam Gase? I mean, what a world that would be. Incredible. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So RJ does not like, you don't like the Chargers enough to make him a best bet though. No, I think if we're choosing, cause we have three now. And if we're choosing between the Steelers Titans over and the Chargers, I would take the Steelers Titans over. Okay. All right. So that's the parlay. It's in before we had to say goodbye to Pete. It is the Buccaneers minus three and a half. The Bears, Rams under 45, the Steelers, Titans over 50 and a half. And if for some reason the Bucks open up at like minus seven, obviously don't add it. You can put the money line in there or something like that if you want to increase the value of the parlay, but don't, don't, you know, don't, don't mess around with that. Um, it won't be minus seven. I don't think it's in that case. And if the game is moved, you know, two game parlay. If the game is moved, if the game is moved, then we'll throw the Chargers in. How about that? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll throw the Chargers in if the game is okay. moved. Okay. Uh, okay, well, we're going to take a break. Say goodbye to Pete. Thanks See ya. Goodbye. See ya. Walked into the party. <laughs> Most of the people who probably listen to this have no idea what that song even is and who it's about and what it's about. It is, is it, do you know who it, do you know, remember that song? I certainly don't. You don't know You're So Vain from Carly Simon. Oh, that's what I thought it was. Oh, yeah, I, I know that. Just yeah. in the and you, and you know who she, you know who was supposedly sung about, don't you? Uh, Warren Beatty. Oh yeah, that's right. I was thinking it was she would never say. So the reality is, she sung it about me. (laughs) We're so vain. (laughs) Am I vain? Thought the song was about you. I probably did. It is a really good shot to take at somebody when you're like, "You're so vain." You probably thought the song was about you. Like like a very famous song, and like the guy knew it was about him, but he had to think it was about him. And so yeah, yeah, good job by her. All right, buddy. All right, guys. See ya. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. 
With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Okay, so now that Pete's gone, we can make fun of him for seeing Carly Simon on the podcast. Devo, do you know who Carly Simon is? That's a resounding no on on this side. Have you ever heard that song before? I'll I'll have to play it. Obviously not on the podcast, but um, if you heard it, you I think you'd know it. I think that's fair. Pete's like Pete's not. Um, you know the, the the podcast audience skews a little younger. I don't know if Pete's demographic, we'll call it Pete's demographic, is necessarily. I only know. I mean, I've just heard it a bunch on the radio. My parents played it. Right. The idea that I had that I'm pitching to the to our higher ups, to the bosses, is that we have a show on CBS Sports HQ where Pete sings songs, very popular songs, and people try to guess what they are because they can't tell because it's they walked into the party. Like, uh, I think those are your surveying lyrics, but I don't know. It doesn't sound like it. All right, Lions at Falcons. Falcons minus two and a half. The over under is fifty five and a half. RJ, as I mentioned earlier, I love the Lions. I think you do too. Yeah, best bet on the Lions. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say wait to get three because I don't think you're going to get it. I think the sign's coming down. Atlanta blew out in Minnesota. Now it's time to respect them. You know, I'm not buying it. I don't think that that's true. I don't love the Lions, but it looks like they actually have a balanced offense for once. Everyone games coming together. DeAndre Swift had a huge game. Granted, terrible defense, but, you know, look who he's playing this week. It's another terrible defense. Detroit played a tough schedule before the bye. The bye, those opponents that they played, those four opponents, are combined 16-6 and six straight up on the year. So just because Detroit doesn't have a great record doesn't mean that, you know, they're not a strong team. You know, they just had to play a lot of bad teams. The Atlanta pass D is still terrible. Stafford does a good job of protecting the ball, so I don't think that they're the Atlanta is going to be able to rely on turnovers this week. And this is a look-ahead spot for Atlanta. They're at Carolina on Thursday next week. Are they going to be as focused here as the favorites? I don't think so. I think Detroit comes in, wins this game. So, yeah, Detroit best bet. Yeah, I like the Lions in this spot. It's it's prime bounce back. Detroit coming off a bye. They have a better offense. Neither team plays any defense. I think I put the – I like the over, too, but I'm a little worried because we've seen – I mean, I know, like, Atlanta and Minnesota went over easily, but, I mean, I, I had a live 47-and-a-half on it, like, in the first quarter, and it looked dead as dead as a doornail at halftime. And it was sort of a miraculous comeback to hit that huge number. So that would be my only concern about taking the over. Yeah, it's a little, little too high for me. Um, Falcons could, you know, kind of, uh, struggle at any time. I think that offense has been a little inconsistent and it's good that they got Julio back. They really unlocked things. So maybe if Julio's healthy. If everybody's healthy, they should be able to score points. So you're probably fine with the over. It's just 55 and a half is such a high number that I don't want to play it. Yeah. I mean, the problem is like both. I mean, I mean, you need, I mean, even like 23, 23 is not even remotely close, right? You need, you know, you need, you need a lot of points. You're talking about something in the 30s, right? 31, 28, that kind of thing. I mean, you just go down there and you get a fourth down conversion attempt in the red zone. You miss that or like a missed field goal or two. And all of a sudden, you know, you have to wonder, is it, do you ever even have a prayer of hitting it? You know, it's just, it's just dangerous. Um, all right. Panthers at Saints. Saints minus seven and a half over under 51. I love anybody watching this on YouTube because they see Brinson, you know, side eyeing over there over and over again. He just, he just dropped his Cannot pay attention on the podcast he's recording. Um, best bet here, Panthers plus seven and a half. New Orleans hasn't proven it can blow teams out. Their best win was by 11 and it took a pick six to do that. That was that Tom Brady game in week one. Um, the New Orleans defense has good efficiency numbers, but they're awful in key situations, including 31st in the red zone. Uh, Joe Brady's offense has been impressive. The points aren't always there, uh, but they are moving the ball. And, uh, you know, New Orleans might not even have Michael Thomas back in this game. He's dealing with another injury. He didn't practice on Thursday. Um, I think they can score points, but Carolina can definitely backdoor cover if needed. And let's talk about Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is 30 and 10 against the spread overall, um, you know, in his career. Yep. But then you look at following a straight up loss, he's 13 and three against the spread. As an underdog, he's 18 and four against the spread. And on the road, he's 16 and three against the spread. Obviously, there's some carryover on some of those. So you can't, you can't just say, Oh, add them all up. And he's, you know, a million and, and you know, 10. Um, but he's one of the best against the spread quarterbacks in the history of football. He just, this is his, this, you know, give him seven and a half points. He's going to cover. This is his prime area to cover here. So can we get him in Canton based on covering spreads? We're going to get him in the gambling hall of fame, which isn't in Canton. We're going to put it in a, uh, in Vegas, I would think. Or, or like, uh, or like Piscataway, New Jersey. 
So, we're put it, well, it's got to be in Nevada, so we're probably maybe put it in Reno, but we're definitely putting it, you know, somewhere in Nevada. Okay. Uh, I like, but I mean, like, it's true. Like, and I, I do, do you think it's because he's, it's some skill set he has, or is it just a disinterest publicly? Because I feel like people look at this game and they're like, Drew Brees versus Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, this isn't even close. It's like, well, Teddy Bridgewater is just better than Drew Brees right now. Right. Well, you got to look at the situations too. Some of the, a lot of that was obviously Mike Zimmer and Zimmer, as we know, has been a great covering coach too. So Teddy was playing with a good defense there. People probably undersold him and, uh, and that team, but the defense was playing so well. And then he covered five times with the Saints. People undersold him when he had to replace Drew Brees. They didn't, yep. we didn't know what kind of Teddy we were going to get. So, uh, yeah, it just seems like in these situations, it's ripe for the number to be a little bit higher than it should be. And this looks like one of those spots too. Yeah, I agree. I like the Panthers here. I, people were big on the Saints, and I get the Saints are very good, nine and two against the spread over the last uh, few years with Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees. I think uh, coming off a bye, you know, they're at home. The Panthers have struggled traditionally to keep up with the Saints, but this is not a powerhouse Saints team. Now, I, I almost thought it would be better if Michael Thomas came back because they might try and lean too much into feeding him the ball instead of running it with Alvin Kamara because I think that's their best path to beating Carolina, um, but. I, st- I mean, look, if you're giving me seven of the hook, I mean, Teddy's going to storm through the back door at some point and, or they're going to, it's going to be a close game and the Saints will win by a field goal. I just don't think it's a bloodbath. I'll push back on that. I think if you're taking the other side, you don't want Michael Thomas on the, no, I mean, right. <laughs> right. In these situations. Right. That's a fair pushback. I, it's one of those things I say and I don't, I don't know if I, really you, you talked yourself into a pretzel there and you're like, yeah, this is, I found, found the, uh, the uh, thing, the hot take that nobody else is going to have. <laughs> it turns out there's a reason nobody has it. Michael Thomas not coming back is good for the pa- Michael Thomas coming back is good for the Panthers. Here's why. My thesis. Uh, Chiefs nine and a half at the Broncos over under 46. Yeah, Chiefs probably cover here, but I don't want to lay in the nine and a half. Um, but I think they're good enough to beat the Broncos by double digits. My lean would be to the under 46. Uh, I don't want to really touch the spread. You know, Casey probably could, there's too many points on the road just for me to play that situation. But Casey has gone under in six straight road games and it's a good formula for it here. Denver offense is pretty terrible. They had to keep settling for field goals against New England. Their bottom four and third down rate and, and red zone rate. And so the, those efficiency numbers are, are terrible there. Um, Kansas City's defense has been excellent most weeks despite the tough schedule. They ranked 10th and DVOA. Denver has a good D too. So it feels like another 26, 10 type of Kansas city when they like, they got against new England when they were playing, you know, the, the quarterbacks, uh, you know, the quarterback poo poo platter there. So rather than a shootout, it's not, it's, it's going to be one of these lower scoring games. So I, I would lean to the under. It is pretty shocking to see a KC number 2020, a total that's under 50. Like we're, I mean, because that should tell you that playing their unders has been a profitable thing. You're right. Division road games, they're running the football. Pete argued on HQ with me and Brady. He's like, Mahomes is, doesn't like it. He wants to sling the bar around. I'm like, I don't think Mahomes cares. He's got an MVP. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He wants more Super Bowl rings. That's all he cares about right now. He's got, he's, he's, he's set the record for passing. You know, he's 50, 5,050. We know he can do it. He's got half he, a billion dollars. Right. He got married. He's got his wife's pregnant. He's got everything in the world that you could possibly want. You think he cares about passing the ball more as opposed to just winning football games and letting, like if, if teams want to back up and play soft zone coverage, pound the ball with Clyde Edwards Alaire and now with Le'Veon Bell. I just don't, and I think Andy Reid, I, I just don't believe that Mahomes is upset by it. Like the idea that he would even be remotely bothered by being able to run for six yards of carry and not have to throw the ball 50 times is crazy to me. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a stats chaser kind of guy. Right. I don't seem like blind, like at home, like talking to, Brittany or whatever her name is, and be like, I can't believe Andy won't let me throw the ball 50 times. Or whatever his little squeaky voice is. More Russell, more Russell Wilson than anything. Russell, you know, was winning games and never had huge stats and never got an MVP vote. And, uh, and, uh, so yeah, and you know, it's team first, you know, consummate leader from all we know. And he, he, he's already proven he could do it. It's not like he has anything to prove. It was just the weirdest take on the planet from Pete. I didn't, I didn't get it. And of course he wants to put up big numbers and win and, you know, have a huge day, but he, he doesn't need to throw 50 times. And I think the Broncos will probably do a little something similar to you know, whatever else. Like they don't want to get torched by Mahomes. So they're going to play a little bit softer and the run game will be there. And that's what Andy Reid wants to do. I think it simplifies it in 2020. So I said this before the season and Andy Reid is doing it exactly like I said. You cheated off Andy Reid's paper too, is what you're saying. I said it before the season started. Or maybe I got, maybe Andy Reid and I are best friends. Maybe we make macaroni together, macaroni and cheese together at Thanksgiving. Put a lot of ketchup on it. I like the Chiefs in the under here too. I just I don't think Denver's gonna score much. The line should be like 
13, but it's like a Patriots bump maybe. Bills minus 13 at the Jets over under 45. Speaking of 13, uh, power ratings say, uh, take the Jets here. You know, should be probably be 10. <laughs> Ain't taking the Jets. Nobody's taking the Jets. I've so seen a we, lot of people take the, like a lot of like, sh- like smart betters I know that have, are like putting bets in on the Jets. Why? Why? It's, it's like the Browns. The Browns. It's, the, it's the Browns from a few years ago. Yeah. Yes, just exactly. keep firing away because they can't possibly be this bad. And, and the data says that they shouldn't be. This, NFL they teams, dogs, there's but. parody. NFL teams aren't separated by that much. Eventually the line's going to be too big. No, it doesn't matter for this team. They suck. So yeah, that, I had to check myself on that too because I took the Jets once earlier in the season, week three or week four. And, uh, that was no, that was it for me. No more. You know, I can't do it. That's, that was, that's literally what I wrote in my picks is like, I'm not betting on the Jets. I don't care who's at quarterback as long as Adam Gase is coaching them. Now, like, I might be willing to take the Jets like plus 10 after the Adam Gase, the day, the week after Adam Gase is fired, if he gets fired this season, because that's a, you know, making the dead cat bounce. But the way that they're playing, the offense they're running, the defensive schemes, they, they can't stop anyone and they can't do anything to anybody. There is no reason to take the Jets, especially like, if anything, if anything from this game, I like it. Zach Moss over rushing yards or Devin Singletary over rushing yards. Preview for next week. They, they're at Chiefs. Do you know what the line is? Oh, yeah. That's right. It's, uh, is it 22? It's like tw- at some places open 21, some open 22. <laughs> it's like, now that's yeah. the tester. Can yeah. You're you- not going to trick me to taking the Jets there. I'm still not taking them. <laughs> I'm not going to just not going to bet on it, but I mean, like I'll, I'll pick the Chiefs in my thing. Cause remember, I think I started here in 2011 was the first 2011 season. What was the season where the Packers beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl? 2011 season or 2010 season? Mm, I think 2010. I think 2011 was the Giants. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So I started here in the 2010 season. And then 2013 was Broncos-Jaguars. I remember we wrote about that because – Jaguars were 26 point dogs, I think. It's like insane. I mean, Peyton was at his peak powers. J- Jacksonville was awful, starting Chad Henney. Um, and the Jaguars covered pretty easily. Like they lost by 16, but they covered the 26. Next week is a, I'm not, I don't know, man. I, I think the Jets are worse than the, the 0 and 16 Browns and the 0 and 16 Lions. Yeah. If you look at teams that have been favored by 21 or more, they're 10 and 0 straight up. They never lose. They're one in nine against the spread. They almost right. never cover. So it seems like the, uh, the thought is take the Jets there. I still can't do it. I can't take the Jets in this game. I'm circling back. Uh, they're the perfect cure for the Buffalo defense that hasn't played well. Jets are last in third down rate on offense, last on red zone rate, last in points per drive, somehow 31st in DVOA. So congratulations, Ooh. Giants. You're last in DVOA. That's, the, that's the most incredible stat of the year, honestly. Yeah. I can. How, how are the Jets not the worst team in football? And by the way, that's another reason. Why people probably should have taken the Eagles on Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in theory, he said after the game had happened. In theory, without knowing what's going to happen. Uh, so the Jets are terrible against the pass. Um, they're selling off pieces already. They made two trades coming out of last week. Um, so the, the teams, there's no reason they're going to play hard in this game. Josh Allen should have a huge day. Um, Buffalo probably covers. Just can't lay 13 on the road in a divisional matchup, can you? So just stay away from this game. You sure can't. All right. I'm going to get, let my wandering eyes get out of here so I can go watch Ty Hat and make more berries and ruin my Munoz first round leader. RJ, always a pleasure. Oh, you know, I got to read all the, I got to read the recap, don't I? Yep. Sorry. Recap. I hadn't just stuffed one on the par three. This guy's unbelievably hot. It's driving me nuts. Two weeks in a row he's going to be first round leader. RJ has Detroit, Pittsburgh, Carolina, Cleveland, the LA Rams and Chicago under. He's teasing the Chargers to minus one and a half and the 49ers to plus eight. Love that tease. Pete is taking the Packers and the Packers over. The Steelers, the Red, he wrote that, not me. Washington, the Chargers and the Chargers over. Kenny has the Cardinals plus three and a half small. Okay. You got to pick how big it is. Uh, the Brown, we're not giving like half a best bet here. Uh, the Browns minus three small Cowboys, Washington under is the 49ers, the Bucks and the Bears. Go big or go home, Kenny. Seriously. You don't get to do small best bets. Uh, and I've got the Lions, the Steelers, Titans over the Chargers, Washington, the Buccaneers and the 49ers and our best bet, our parlay, pick six podcast parlay now three. And three on the season, not three, four, three, but three. We've hit three of six on the season. 
Bucks minus three and a half. Bears, Rams under. Steelers, Titans over. Bears, Rams under 45. Steelers, Titans over 50 and a half. That is the pick six podcast parlay that I promise you I will not put in myself. I haven't bet it once. You know what the good thing is about hitting three of those already? Is that they're six to one. So now we're guaranteed to be plus money on that for the the whole season. Yeah, exactly. And so I hope people are still betting them. We're going to keep hitting them. Uh, we're locked in right now. We're going to stay that way for the rest of the season. In no way will we regress. RJ. Actually, it's not going to happen. I actually don't think we will. I think we're going to stay hot all season. Uh, good stuff as always. Talk to you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.